Uh, I was thinking this week about uh, when I was in uh, Bible college. Uh, this is maybe something that wouldn't be readily understood, but uh, if you if you've never had that experience, but we had chapel. We had mandatory chapel five days a week, and uh, it wasn't always good. Gotta <laughs> just be honest; it wasn't always good. Uh, it wasn't even always. Uh, there wasn't even always a good attempt at it, if I'm honest. And so in that routine of just being there every time, uh, I happened to be in chapel once. Our chapel seated about 1,500 people, and uh, it was packed because, you know, we all had to be there. And uh, we had this one speaker who just happened to have a terrible verbal pause. I mean, terrible. Like about every sentence or two, he would say, uh, like this really loud, deep, abrasive, uh, and he would say, and then turn to the book of Leviticus, uh, and the other day I was walking down the street, uh, and it was that. And I don't, know, I don't know what demon possessed me. I don't know what happened. But as I'm sitting there in the pew kind of zoning out, and I'm listening to him do this, like unconsciously or consciously, I don't know, I just begin to do it with him. And I didn't mean to do, I, didn't, I don't know how loud it was. I wasn't trying to be loud. I wasn't even trying to do anything. I think I was just zoning out. And he would say, ah, uh, and then I'd go, ah, uh, with him. And the next time around, the two people beside me did it. And he said, ah. Uh. And then the next time, the whole pew did it, ah. Uh. And then the next time, the pew behind us and in front of us did it, ah. Uh. And then the next time, the entire section of the chapel burst out in a, in a low roar across the room, ah. Uh. And then everybody started to laugh. And uh, it turned into a thing. You know what I'm saying? And then I became the guy like, hey, are you the guy that did that? I was like, oh, no, I don't want to be the guy that did that. I don't want to be the guy that started that. Have you ever said anything you wish you hadn't have said? Yeah? Have you ever not said some things you wish you had have said? Have you ever, have you ever thought, I wish, I, I wish I'd have just been honest. I wish I'd have said how I felt. I wish I'd have stood up for myself. Or, or I wish I would have, man, I, I, I had these feelings of goodness and encouragement that I wanted, that I was thinking about this person, and I didn't even tell them. Or, or, or some uh, thought of love or affection came on your mind towards someone. You said, I don't know why I didn't say it. Why didn't I just say it? Well, God created the whole universe with words. He spoke them into existence and then said, it is good. The universe is built on words. Kingdoms rise and fall on words. Relationships are formed and broken on words. God revealed himself in something called the Bible that we call his word. When Jesus came to earth, the Bible says that Jesus came to earth in a human form, and the Bible says the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So God even revealed himself through the method, through the form of words. King Solomon had the audacity to declare to us that life and death are in our words and what we say. So we've been talking about the blessing, and actually a spoken message is one form of the blessing that I just want to uh, remind you this morning of the five elements of the blessing and what we're going to talk about today. Meaningful touch, we talked about that last week. Uh, if you didn't catch that, you can, you can catch up on our website or YouTube or Facebook. A spoken message, 
communicating high value. Actually, today we're going to hit two and three. A spoken message and communicating high value. So if you haven't been part of the series yet, let me just bring you up to speed. What is the blessing? What is the relational principle of the blessing taught in Scripture? Here's what the blessing is. It's unconditional love and acceptance communicated. So if we're talking about a spoken message of high value, what we're actually talking about is unconditional love and acceptance communicated in a spoken message. So the what is unconditional love and acceptance. The how is a spoken message. Okay? And I want to share with you this morning how powerful that is. So in the Bible, a blessing was not a blessing until it was spoken. Now think about that. A blessing was not a blessing until it was spoken. James chapter 3 has some really important things to say to us about the power of the spoken word. Look at James 3, 4 through 6. Take ships as an example. Although they're, they're so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder. Right? Remember that thought right there, that picture. Wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boast. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire. Now, now hold on and check this out. A world of evil among the parts of the body, it corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. <laughs> wow. That's heavy. That's heavy. So we get two pictures there. That the tongue is like a rudder. Some of the largest ships in the world weigh 400,000 tons. And they're actually guided to different continents and different places on the whole planet by, by a small part of the ship that you and I can't even see. It's underwater, buried under the superstructure of this 400,000-ton floating vessel. It's the rudder. And the, what, the, what James is saying is the tongue, we can't see it. I mean, except when you do those goofy pictures on Facebook. Other than that, you can't see it. But it actually directs and guides people's lives and relationships. It sets the course. Well, this also says, James also says that the, that our, that the tongue, the words are like fire. Words can hurt. A negative word can burn itself in someone's memory for life. And it usually sounds something like this. They say, I can't believe you said that. Like, I can't believe you said that. I just can't get it out of my mind. Now I know what your heart is. Now I know how you really feel. Now I know. I can't believe you said that. And a word, a word can burn like fire. Words end friendships. It destroys marriages. Words uh, rip families apart. Words also have the power to heal relationships and ease suffering and to speak life and hope into someone else. Words are like Sometimes we speak them like pennies. We just throw them around. You know, you go in somebody's car. I guarantee you almost everybody in this room and watching online, you have pennies in your car somewhere you don't know about. You know why? Because you don't care. You know why? Because it's not worth much. 
And that's how we use our words too often is we just throw them out there like pennies. We should be spending them like $100 bills because they matter. They make a big difference. So let me give you three thoughts this morning if you're taking notes uh, on, on speaking the blessing and speaking a message of high value. Three thoughts. Number one, avoid speaking the wrong words. I guarantee you uh, if you've been around any point in America, I don't know, maybe it's universal, maybe it's global, I don't know, maybe it's just in the English language, but you were probably taught a little rhyme when you were a kid that is one of the biggest lies that's ever been told, and it goes like this, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never lie, that's a lie, words do hurt, words are like rudders, words are like fire, words absolutely hurt. Do you know, here's, here's what the um, formula says. If for every negative word spoken to you, it takes seven positive words to overcome it. Seven to one. Now, now I, I remember when I was learning that, I was in a master's degree class, and I remember asking my professor, whoa, 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 time out. Why? Why can't it be one to one? Why does it take such a short amount of time to get into debt, but such a long amount of time to get out? You could pop that credit card on the counter and you can get in debt like that and it could take you years to get out. And it's the same thing. You can diet for a whole month and you gain that back in one weekend. Pow! Why? I wish it wasn't that way. Why is it so easy with the, with the wrong said thing to end a friendship, to end a relationship, but take, it could take so much time to heal a relationship? A, a, a negative word, I wish a negative word had the same weight as a positive word, but it doesn't. A negative word has a, a higher value, a higher weight. And you want to know why? Because we're broken. The whole creation has been broken by sin. And so our depraved disposition is to be more deeply impacted by the negative than the positive. I wish that wasn't true, but it is true. And until we're fully transformed and we see Jesus and we're transformed into his image and we become like him, the negative's going to stick to us quicker than the positive. You want an example? Turn on the news. It's negative after negative after negative after negative, and you know what? And the ratings keep going up. You know why? It's what we're attracted to. I guarantee you, the market couldn't support it. If we were attracted to positive, the negative would go away because we keep the viewers would keep going up and up. But you let something crazy happen, man, and we're all going to turn. you got to get on there and look. you got to see. I wish it wasn't that way, but it is that way. Ephesians 4.29, listen to what it says in the Passion Translation. And never let ugly or hateful words come from your mouth, but instead let your words become beautiful gifts. Isn't that incredible? Can you imagine? Nobody, t- I mean, not many people, come by and get something out of a gas station and throw it into an old paper sack and wrap it with you know, duct tape and newspaper and say, I got you a gift. But that's how we use our words. We are drowning in a nation filled with an ocean of words. We're drowning. Because we spend them like pennies, we spend them like trash gifts. And we got to learn to spend them like gifts. 
beautiful gifts, Ephesians 4.29 says, that encourage others, do this by speaking words of grace to help them. It doesn't really take any effort to speak negative words. When you speak negative words, you're just going with the flow. You're floating downhill with the culture. What takes courage and what takes strength is to move against the current and say, no, no, I'm going to bless. Rather than curse, I'm going to bless. Rather than tear down, I'm going to build up. So avoid speaking the wrong words. Here's the second thought. Intentionally speak the right words. Now, I use the word intentionally because I think one of the things that's actually as painful or sometimes worse than speaking negative words is just neglecting positive words. And I think we tend to do that in our culture because we tend to be a culture of busyness. Negative words hurt, but so does silence. So does withholding. Too busy to bless. Oftentimes in our culture, both parents work. We do meals on the go. We have sports. We're constantly in motion. And all of that noise to those who you love sounds like silence. And we say, but I took you to games, and I took you here, and we went there, and I did this, and I gave that to you. And they say, but you never said. You never said. I never heard you say it one time. What does that mean? It means the blessing is missing, and that active go, go, go life sounds like silence. And oftentimes, from a parent's point of view, or a spouse's point of view, or a grandparent's point of view, we just say, it just never felt like the right time. Why does it not feel like the right time? Because we're always in motion. And then what happens? One day, you're standing as parents into a a college dorm room, dropping your kid off, about to go get in your car and drive home for the final time, and you say something like, You know, I never told you this enough, but, and you try to make up the ground. Or you have a father in the bride's room with his daughter, he's about to give her away, and he says, I should have said this before, but now here we are, and I wish I would have. Do you know... We, tell, we, we do those things because we tell ourselves this exaggeration. And it goes something like this. I'll have time tomorrow. It's no big deal. They know I love them. Do I have to say it? My parents never said it, and I turned out fine. Really? <laughs> I'll ask your spouse about that. Proverbs 3, 27, 28 says, Do not withhold good from those whom it is due when it is in your power to act. Do not say to your neighbor, come back tomorrow and I'll give it to you when you already have it with you. If you've already got it, why hold it? Go ahead and give it. Today's the right day. Do you know when the spoken blessing is missing in a family, in a relationship, especially in the life of a child, what it oftentimes creates is one of two um, over, over uh, compensations. One is workaholism. 
Because what, what happens in a child's life that doesn't hear spoken words of blessing, of unconditional love and acceptance, what happens in the child's life, because all of our souls crave it, is they say, I know how to fix this. I must have done something wrong. I, I must have not measured up. So I know how to fix this. I'll double down and work harder, and I'll earn that blessing. And like a, like a rabbit chasing a carrot on a stick, they just go after it all their life, trying to get it, trying to get it, trying to get it, and they're chasing something they're never going to catch. Because oftentimes what's happened is it's not anything to do with them on why their parents aren't saying it. It has everything to do with the parents. But, they, but the kid doesn't know it. So the kid becomes a workaholic trying to catch up, trying, trying, to, trying to find a way to earn the blessing. Or the other excess happens. A child intuitively says, it really doesn't matter how hard I work, I'm never going to hear those words, I'm never going to be able to measure up or earn it, so I just give up. And a lot of people that struggle with apathy and passiveness and a lack of passion and energy did not have the blessings spoken over their life did not grow up in a culture where love and acceptance was spoken to them, and so they go, they just give up. So here's the question this morning. If you're a workaholic or you're, or you're withdrawn, ask yourself this question. Was the, was the spoken blessing given to you in your childhood? And if it wasn't, then that's probably how you got to the place that you were of overworking or maybe even underworking. So here's the third thought, and this is where I really want to tie these two thoughts together of a spoken message and high value. Number three, speak words of high value. You know, too often our conversations could be read from a script. We're just repeating the same things, kind of like Groundhog Day. You just get up and do it again. And we talk about the same things. We go through the motions. I'm not even sure the other person always has to even be there. We just say our routines. How's the weather? We talk about the weather. We talk about work. We talk about stress. Sometimes we even talk about other people. <laughs> Shouldn't do that. We talk about football, SEC football. We talk about you know the latest news. We talk about the latest movie. But those conversations are transactional, and they are low value. They really, don't, they really don't advance anything inside our soul or our relationship. So what I hope that you're not hearing me say this morning is just talk more to those you love. That's not what I'm saying. It's not just use more words, just talk longer. That's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is use words of high value. Use words that communicate. If you want to bless someone, say things about why they're valuable. Why are they valuable? Not just you're valuable, why are you valuable? Words that communicate the value of the person. Oftentimes if you go on a retreat or you go to a birthday party or you go um, to a family reunion, what will happen is, is the first little while, everybody be talking about the same stuff. You know, politics, the news, the weather, the whatever. They talk about all that. But as the, as the retreat, the party, the reunion starts to shut down, what always happens, people start to say things that they've really been wanting to say since they got there. Hey, I just want you to know 
I'm praying for you. I want you to know I believe that your marriage is absolutely going to make it. Maybe the grandparents will look at the grandkids and say, you know, I know school is hard, but I, I want you to know something. I, I believe in you, and you're going to make it through math, you know, or you're going to make it through, you know, whatever, American literature, whatever you're going through. Maybe the, the older parents will say to the adult parents, you guys are doing such a good job raising these kids, and I just want you to know how proud of you that we, we both are. Why is it that it takes the pressure of time for, for us to say the things that we want to say the most? Can I just give you a word this morning to help encourage you? It's later than you think. It's always later than you think. So don't wait until you recognize the pressure of time. Live like the pressure of time is already there. High value. What does high value mean? It means that I'm going to speak words of unconditional love and acceptance over you that explains to you why you're important and why you're valuable. And people that miss that miss a lot. It's what, it's what God has done. So God has actually put greatness in you. This is how it goes. It doesn't matter how you feel. doesn't matter how plain you feel, how normal, how average, how below average. It doesn't matter. God put greatness in you. And it's a blessing when somebody else comes along and says, I can see the greatness that God put in you. I see it. Other people might not see it. It might be hidden from you even. But I can see it. That's what a blessing is. When somebody recognizes the greatness that God has put in you and begins to call it out. And say, no, no, you've got more in you. You haven't even found it. Come on. Come on, you can do this. Come on, you can go. Come on, you can move. Man, you've got a destiny. You've got a purpose. God's put a calling on your life. He's put giftings in you. You're special. You're unique. When you grow up without that affirmation, it leaves a hole in your soul. Listen to what God has said in Ephesians 2.10. We have become his poetry. You're a poem God wrote. There's not another one like you. A recreated people that will fulfill the destiny he has given each of us. For we are joined to Jesus, the anointed one, even before we were born. God planned in advance our destiny and the good works we would do to fulfill it. Man, God has spoken a blessing over your life. And I'm sorry if no one's been there to echo it. But it doesn't make it less true. So this morning, I just want to pray with you. Would you stand with me? And if you're online, our prayer team is there uh, ready to meet you. Just drop in the comment section, I need prayer. I need hope. I need the blessing. And our prayer team's going to meet you there. Would you just close your eyes for a minute and open your heart? I, I, I want to just guide you through a couple of prayers today that I really feel the Holy Spirit wants to, uh, to use 
to minister to you. Every eye closed. If you're online, maybe you're sitting on your couch or the kitchen table. Just close your eyes and just, and just listen to this. If you, if you tend to criticize people, if you say, look, I'm, I'm one of those people that tend to criticize the people I love. I want you to know something, okay? It's because someone criticized you. And here's what I want you to ask yourself this morning. Who criticized you? Who criticized you? Who was it? Now what I want you to do, if that's you, I just want you to, maybe you want to whisper it, maybe you want to mouth it, maybe you want to echo it in your own heart and just say, that's me. It's very powerful for you to admit it. That's me. I tend to criticize. I tend to be negative. I tend to say sharp things to people about people. That's me. Now what I want you to do is I want you to say today, I forgive the person who criticized me. Maybe it was a mom. Maybe it was a dad. Maybe it was a grandparent, an uncle, an older brother or sister. But I just want you to let them go today and say, today I forgive the one who criticized me. And today, come on, I want you to do this with me. I receive the blessing. Come on, everybody. Today, I receive the blessing. I receive what God says about me. That's the beginning point. And for those of you today who say, I tend to be a workaholic. I tend to be withdrawn. I, I, I want you just to admit that, okay? However that looks for you. To say it in your mind, say it in your heart. You want to whisper it? I'm a workaholic. I'm withdrawn. I've lacked passion and energy. I want you just to go ahead and admit it this morning. Say it this morning. And I want to ask you a question. Did you live with a lot of blessing silence? Were words of affirmation and blessing missing in your life? Then today, what I want you to do is I want you to receive the blessing. And here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to reread Ephesians 2.10. Just stay where you're at with your heart open. I want to read it and I want to personalize it to you. You have become his poem. You are a recreated person that will fulfill the destiny he has given specifically to you. You are joined to Jesus, the anointed one. Even before you were born, God planned in advance your destiny and the good works that you would do, and you will fulfill it. Now, would you just say, today, I receive the blessing. Come on and just receive it. Today, I receive the blessing. And finally this morning, do you struggle to give the blessing to those that you love? Do you struggle? If you do, I want you to admit it now in your heart, in your mind, right there. Just say, boy, that's, that's the tough one for me. I struggle. If you do, it's because it was not given to you. And so here's what I want you to do today. Just say, I receive the blessing. Come on. Father God, I receive the blessing. I am your son. I am your daughter. You speak words of blessing over me. And today, I receive the blessing. So our worship team comes. Would you just pray this morning and ask God 
that he would help us with our words. Lord, today we pray that you would help us with our words. If you're online, drop in the comment section, I need help with my words. And the Holy Spirit is moving right now. The prayer team is moving right now. Lord, we need help with our words to speak what you've spoken to us and to receive what you've spoken to us. We thank you for it today.